You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Randy. In the future, nothing will have buttons, ever, including your doorknobs. You'll have to swipe right to enter your house. This is Jesse. In the future, whenever Marvel brings back a character that was formerly dead, they'll automatically get an Infinity Stone. This is Melanie. And in the future, your love bots will come with critical downloads so you can have real, meaningful conversations. Your love bots? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, man, I hate the bloatware on those things. Mm. Love bot, bloatware, useless. Yeah. Oh, man. Takes Oof. up all your love bot hard, hard disk yeah, space. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, come on. Do I really want an NFL app on my love bot? That's not for me. No. Well, no. I might, but no. <laughs> 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 Welcome to the Grolix Podcast, episode number 57. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I like I like that how that was like in stereo. Yes. Uh, this episode we're going to talk about Constantine. Specifically, we're going to talk about Hellblazer, John Constantine. This will be part one of a two part. Oh, so yeah. whole, sort of. This poll list pick is just so jammed full of goodness that we're going to bust it into two episodes. Mm-hmm. So. And this has nothing to do with the fact that we want Halloween to carry over into uh, Christmas. No, territory. no, nothing at all. No, we're not horror junkies. It's fine. Yeah, we can stop no. reading horror any I mean, time we wanted. We, we, we love, we love Christmas. <laughs> just, sorry, so just the the, the tone. <laughs> we love Christmas. <laughs> we do. It's so. Not impinging on our favorite holiday. You're right. That means Constantine because, okay, so we're going to break up Constantine into two episodes because we are reading uh, Hellblazer, John Constantine, Original Sins, and it's the first, I don't know, maybe nine issues of the original Hellblazer run, but that nine issues is like 200, almost 300 pages, mm-hmm. and it's wordy. When there's like two episodes or two issues oh, of uh Yeah, Swamp you're right. I forgot two. about Swampy. And it, and we really don't want to miss no. that. So. Yeah. So we had time to read half of it this this month. and But yeah, we didn't get to any of the swampy stuff. And we can't not do the swampy stuff. Exactly. So. No. So, yeah. So you're right. This will be, that will be the Christmas episode. And this is the Thanksgiving episode. Mm-hmm. Interesting. My future predictions <laughs> all come true. How about in-house news? We got anything beforehand? Well, I mean, uh, basically just uh, a plug for the things that we're doing on the side. I've been doing some videos for the uh, Grolix podcast YouTube channel that have been just, uh, they've been just dumb fun, really. Uh, but they've been dollar bin dives where I've been picking a, an issue at random and uh, reviewing it, basically. And in some cases, spoiling a decades old comic. Uh, they've been a lot of fun to do. And uh, so check mm-hmm. them out, I guess. 
would be the main in-house news that I can think of. Uh, but otherwise, we kind of covered all of our in-house news earlier in the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like I like the dollar bin dives, the igniferous tales from the dollar bin. <laughs> yeah, I, yes, I enjoy yeah. those a lot, and I I'm gonna try to keep keep up on reposting those to the website and stuff too. But you know, obviously, they're on our YouTube channel, so you should check out Grolic's podcast on YouTube and subscribe there to get them. Because not everything gets pushed over to the website, but I'm trying to keep up on moving those over to the website too. The daily, the daily comics videos for the for the like the SCS challenge and stuff. Uh, the, yeah, that definitely wasn't. I shouldn't have time to get those all translated over or <laughs> transferred over. Translated. Him. Translated. In fact, I'm still moving those episodes, those videos over to VidMe. Which it's good. It's good to like. Do them a little bit at a time because otherwise when you start like pushing them out on – I mean I think it's like an automatic thing. As soon as you put one up on uh, VidMe, it shows up on our uh-huh. Twitter feed and it's like boom, 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 like five Yeah, videos. I know. I dropped like 10 the other day. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm way behind. <laughs> and I kept looking over at the Twitter feed but it didn't pop up when I was watching. So I was like – because I was going to delete a bunch of those if that happened. I'm assuming it did. <laughs> mm. Hey, it happens. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, that's the thing we do. And no new Scribblenauts videos. No, oh, no I haven't done Scribblenauts <laughs> well, for a while. Well, you ended. I ended. You, you ended that, right? Yeah, and yeah. I just I've finished just the game, and yeah, Aww. been doing other things, so I haven't been able to replace it with something. But that's okay. Yeah, because Randy's like professional now. Uh, I'm, prof- I'm too professional for you guys. <laughs> Podedit dot com. Podedit dot com. You need an editor. You need some some podcast mastering. Uh, we all need an editor once in a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Yeah. And on this show, that's more than once in a while. But, you know. I'll say this, though. I much prefer editing other people than editing myself. Yeah. That's because you're critical. Oh, sure. Because I over-edit myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stranger Things 2. That's a thing that happened. All the DC shows are back. Uh, the Flash has been fun so far, what I've seen of it. Um, I've seen really, none of it. None yeah. of it yet. Man. Oh man, yeah, uh, yeah. They've all been pretty good. Uh, I kind of enjoy where uh, y- you had kind of talked about this when we talked about the season finales of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of enjoy how Legends is going because uh, what happens is they break time, and now Rip Hunter has created his own like time agency, and the Legends are basically the ones that was it. We we screw it up, but we screw it up for the better. Oh, okay. Kind of thing. Like, uh-huh. like they, they've gone from being the people who, uh, you know, like are going up against the big bad and, uh, they are, you know, like they're kind of just hitting aberrations as they can, but there's also like a big bad coming because, you know, there you have to have a big bad. Yeah. I hate to say it's, it, but it's been fun. I kind of absolutely 100% forgot about legends. <laughs> I forgot it existed. Yeah. Well, it's I, the, it's kind of the forgettable one, but it it's probably more fun than Arrow. Yeah, oh, I was gonna say I yeah. the last a couple seasons easy. I've been enjoying it way more than Arrow. Flash and Legends were the two that I kind of looked forward to. I haven't even watched Arrow. Right. Well, well, and Arrow Arrow has course corrected. It's it's gotten better again, but it's did someone make it great legends. again? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. That, that'll no come up later in that. this episode too. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, for real. Look forward to that. Ooh, super political, <laughs> super political stuff coming up. <laughs> so we don't we. Uh, so first of all, like normally we go into what is the poll list, but we're not gonna we're not gonna ask like what's new, but what is the poll list? 
Uh, so the poll list is every month we discuss a comic book or graphic novel or series of comic books chosen by listeners and visitors to our website. You see, if you go to grolicspodcast.com, there's a poll. You can find it. Click the poll list tab on the front on the homepage and you can vote on a book. Uh, preferably vote on something that's already on the list. But if you have a burning desire for us to talk about something that's not on the list, feel free to add it. And as soon as it gets enough votes to win some certain month, we'll talk about it. That's the poll list. And it's it's, uh, kind of appropriate that we are not pulling something new from the poll list this month because there is a four-way, almost five-way tie. Are you serious? So I'm serious. So uh, if... You know, like we're going to be hitting uh, the second part of Hellblazer for next month, but please help us break this tie so we don't have to. So we can start the new year off with, with with something winning. Listen, they don't make. Yes, they, they don't make winning. Thank you. Sorry, I was slow on the uptake on that. <laughs> but you know where my mind went though was Charlie Sheen for some <laughs> winning. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, they don't make four-sided quarters. I don't know how to break that tie. So, listeners, we need you to break that tie for us. Please. Please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some great stuff on here, too. It's uh, Owl Girls. It's uh, the Infinity Gauntlet from Marvel Comics, uh, Daredevil, Born Again, and then Paper Girls, which I believe is a Brian K. Vaughn book, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I have a little bit of beef here. Uh, thank you, first of all, for adding Paper Girls. But uh, if you're going to add things that I have that I've purchased on Humble Bundle. Uh, could you do ones that I have the full run of instead of just one issue? Oh, Come really? On, listeners, help help a brother out. Yeah, I have uh, I have Paper Girls issue one, not volume one. So oh, does it specify volume one? Uh, it does. It's straight up, oh. like, like, in all caps. It, you're it's not getting away even. with no one-issue no, no, deal. It's, <laughs> no, it's Paper Girls, all caps, volume one, and then it even is... TPB trade paperback. Nice. Oh, I don't think we're killing me. I don't think we've ever actually done a single issue for a pull list, but yeah, yeah. No, it's general. Well, it mean, is like we've novels. done. We have done single issue reviews, but not for the pull list. Uh-uh. I don't think. So that's fair, but you got to know what Jesse has. <laughs> no, I'm yeah, kidding. Come on, I'm people. kidding. I feel like I have almost everything, but come on. So far, we've been able to acquire. Everything and there's been a couple things. Everything that's come up on the pull list that has won. There's I'm kind of worried about owl, owl girls, but I mean I guess you know with the internet you can you can find anything to buy. Like it's not like it's it's on Comicsology, so I mean like okay. it's not impossible. Yeah, there's yeah there are some that have been tricky in the past, but yeah, we, it'll we, be easier to find than uh, the Wonder Dog, <laughs> which actually was free. which is so funny because yeah it's available for free, <laughs> mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we had the hardest time finding it. Yeah. Well, let's let's get into it then. Yeah, let's do this thing. So, Hellblazer was what had won last month. So, and it just said Hellblazer. So, we went back to the beginning of Hellblazer and we read uh, part of, like I said earlier, Hellblazer, John Constantine, Original Sins, Volume One, and what we read equates to the first three issues of Hellblazer, Hellblazer One through Three, uh, the original like nineteen eighty eight, eighty seven, eighty eight run john constantine hellblazer original sins uh the writers are jamie delano and rick Veitch. Veitch. it's 
V-E-I-T-C-H. So it's a tricky pronunciation. Bitch. Lots. <laughs> yeah. Lot, lots of artists on this. Uh, and so I don't know who exactly is the artist for the uh, for the parts that we read. But it's John Ridgway, Alfredo Akala, uh, Rich Veach again, Tom Mandrake, Brett Ewings, Jim McCarthy. And yeah. That's what we got for that. We also have colorists and letterers. And Jim Lee did the cover art for the edition that I am looking at right here. It's a pretty rad cover. He's got a pint and a smoke and a Band-Aid on his face and some kind of crazy winged demon just behind him on the bar, like behind his bar stool. It's fun. Going into this, I've read, you know, obviously the original Constantine appearances in Swamp Thing, which is what, Mm -hmm. like, you know, he spun out of that into this. Uh, and I've read, uh, some modern Constantine. And then of course he pops up a lot in other stuff. Uh, I've also seen the, uh, the movie and a little bit of the TV show. Right. So based on his comic book appearances, like I know he's like kind of a shifty guy, right? Like he's not totally on the up and up. He's kind of a scoundrel, but he does the right thing in the end. Most of the time sort of. reading this, I was like, Holy crap! They really do kind of make him a bad dude. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize like quite how kind of crappy he was. Yeah, but but he does. He feels bad about messed it. up stuff for the good of other people, though. Yeah, the good of the of the, the he, whole. He sacrifices a few to save the many. Yeah, put it that way. Uh, that's what. The, okay, the first storyline. That's well. Okay, what about you guys going into this? Your, your experiences or what do you expect or what it was kind of what I, it was pretty much how I expected it to be. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I've I read, kind of, Oh, I've go read ahead. Some, go I've read ahead. some Constantine before too. So I don't know. Okay. I had, I, may, I might have more of an idea of him than you do. So I don't know. Go and ahead. my, uh, my experience has been kind of like, uh, it's spotty, but I, I, re- I watched the entire, uh, what was it? NBC series. So I, I watched the television series, I watched the movies, and so I had that, and then also, obviously, what we read for this show, and then um, just like where you pop up here and there, like, usually when uh, Swamp Thing is involved, like uh, Brightest Day, Darkest Night, that whole thing with Green Lantern, uh, Constantine, and um, Swamp Thing both pop up towards the end of that, and so there was a little bit of Constantine in that. But other than that, like I hadn't read the core book. I'd never really read anything where he was the title character. Kind of interesting. This was originally released still under the DC imprint before being moved over to Vertigo. I I, I think oh. maybe it's a case of they hadn't like really launched Vertigo yet because mm-hmm. Vertigo is just a part of DC, but it's where they originally right. put their sophisticated suspense. They're more they're darker, more adult books over on Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think I knew Constantine, like, I think I knew his nature by reputation in the books. You know what I mean? So when you actually get next, you get the firsthand story of him kind of doing crappy things or how these things come about. Uh, I don't know. It just had more impact. Mm-hmm. Or when you've got like big voodoo crime bosses, like telling him, oh man, you're cold. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, no one's ever really like super thrilled to see John Constantine. Mm-hmm. No, shows no, up. no, nobody. Uh, so this first story is pretty much like the basic rundown is he's got a hunger. He, 
he's coming home from what? It's it's title hunger. Hunger, yeah. And he's he's got uh he's pretty much coming home from somewhere. He's exhausted. He comes home, his house is full of bugs. Uh there's some friend of his who's a junkie, like camped out there. Uh, apparently he was a friend, like a childhood friend, like so he's mm-hmm. been friends with this guy his whole life. But it, he he's all junkified, and he's basically responsible for unleashing this this demon that causes people to con- like consume. It consumes them while they're driven to consume the things they desire mm-hmm. until they die, and that's kind of the the basic setup for the whole first storyline. We kind of get hints that um, he knows this guy, like. Wh- I feel like they're hinting at some kind of an event because they kind of uh, allude to other uh, characters in Constantine's backstory that we don't know anything about at this point. I don't think, but um, this this junkie guy is one of them. Uh huh. Lester, I don't know if it, it rang any bells for you all, but totally for me. I've I've no I yeah, it's familiar to me. Have, yeah, have we come across mm. him in other stuff, or has he mentioned? Because one thing I enjoyed reading this is. It definitely feels like a spinoff from Swamp Thing because you get to see Constantine dealing with his friends that were killed in Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the lady in the loft that I can't remember the name, but that weird like backwards head guy came out of her oh, painting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's what he was referencing. That's right. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if those were the same characters. Yeah. And he starts seeing flashbacks of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and and the the nun, I can't remember her name. Anne Marie. Yeah. Uh yeah, they they all popped up in Swamp Thing and were helping him. It must have been during the big the big DC event crossover event. It was. And yeah, they like all died and so he's dealing with that in this book. So that was kind of fun because I was like as soon as he went to this loft, he kept talking about an Anne or something. And as soon as he went to this loft, I was like, wait, I know what this is. And I, I did look it up to make sure because mm-hmm. he mentioned the demon and it's the backwards head guy. I looked it up to make sure it was the same one. I was like, oh, yeah, this is totally him dealing with like the personal fallout from the Swamp Thing stuff. So that was fun having known, you know, having read the Swamp Thing stuff a couple of times. Yeah. Oh, this. So that's what Emma is from. Emma. That's it. That's her name. Not Anne. Yeah. No, yeah. Emma. Emma was the chick, but the nun's name, I think. Was okay. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, it was Anna Marie or something like that. Yeah, yeah, okay. So then is this Lester guy, he was connected to whatever they were connected to? I don't know for sure, but I... It does seem familiar, but yeah. Yeah, I'll look it up maybe. So maybe that's what he's getting back to or get back from in this? Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe it's kind of the swamp, Swamp Thing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Throughout this whole story, he's exhausted. Like, I think he sleeps once and this takes place over like several days. Um, so he's just more and more kind of beat down and it's interesting. And we could probably maybe use this into as a segue into some of the narration stuff that we had hinted at in earlier episodes. It's interesting getting more insight into him because he plays it. Constantine always plays it like so cool, even though like he's not, you know, he's not vulnerable or anything, but he always plays it so cool. And it's interesting getting the narrative insight because you get, you still get flavors of like, his attitude like he's just, he's just he's too cool for school right like he's he's a cool guy but you get some of the vul- like insight to his vulnerabilities and even clumsiness like that comes up later mm-hmm. where he just falls down some stairs and it, it's like what okay what does that have to do with anything but <laughs> right yeah uh, so it's it's in- yeah it was interesting getting that extra insight into him as like the main character versus 
this like kind of cool guy that shows up on the side. Gary, okay, Gary Lester. He was the guy that he was the guy that always drove people around because no, nobody drove. That's who he was. Hmm. And oh, did he show up in other stuff doing that? Mm-hmm. Oh. He he always drove him around. Oh, okay, really? Yeah, that's funny. Okay, so before Chaz, even, huh? Mm-hmm. But what I wanted to talk about with the narration, yeah, this is wordy. This is a wordy book, mm-hmm. which is a hundred percent the reason I think we're doing half now and half next month. Yeah. And like I had alluded to earlier, uh, I like it. I like the narration. It's It gives you a lot of insight. It gives you a lot of insight, but it's also, it's a lot of tone. Mm-hmm. And it's very like, there's some, as Jesse said, there's some $5 words in there, right? Like, oh man, big time. Yeah. This is like Dr. Doom level uh, narration sometimes. But, and I'm glad it's there. It, d- it gives the book a feel. But it's not the kind of narr- it's not essential stuff. Like it's stuff that doesn't. Some of it, there's a good chunk of it that doesn't necessarily have to be there. It doesn't necessarily push forward plot, um, and it just gives insight to Constantine. But it makes it so you can read it without hating him. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not. It's not overly wordy. But it's almost on the edge of like, I don't know. the The writing is enjoyable, and that works for it. If the writing wasn't as kind of interesting it would be overly wordy to me and i'd be like this is not necessary but it doesn't it it doesn't feel like it pushes into that territory there were some great lines though I, occasionally i would like take a picture and send it to jesse like look at this <laughs> oh, look yeah. at this was it was it like in the first couple pages where he's just like hitting the streets and <laughs> and it's describing the streets i think it's like god it might be the third page or something like right after we see the hunger kind of do its thing uh-huh. Uh, the very first page where we see Constantine, you sent me a screenshot and circled the thin Sunday afternoon drizzle greases the tired streets. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, wow, that's wow. <laughs> that sets a scene. And There's it, some it, adjective there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And well, well, especially these first couple issues really, um, I feel like it really ties into almost both the writing style and the art style of what was happening with Alan Moore's, uh, with Alan Moore's Swamp Thing run. I mean, like it, it shifts the art style and writing. Well, maybe not the writing so much, but the art style shifts a lot. But, uh, this first issue really does feel like it could pick up right from Swamp Thing. Yeah. It's interesting because just reading through these first two stories and mind you, these first two stories is 80 pages of stuff, right? Yeah, I got the impression too, that impression too, that it was not aping Alamore's Swamp Thing style, but definitely like trying to stay in that vein, trying to have that tone. But also though, it still has its its own humor to it, its own sense of humor. It's almost almost satirical. Uh, it definitely gets, not that Alamore stuff doesn't, but it definitely gets uh, political. There's some commentary Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it kind of seems yeah, like it hits much that. more in the setting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, cause uh, yeah, everything that happened in swamp thing was in the, in the States, but this is all happening in the UK. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt like a lot of the, like the description, descriptive stuff and maybe even some of Constantine's just thoughts or whatever was to try to fight against maybe what the way that it was drawn and stuff. Cause it seems like, they wanted it to be bright or at least modern, but then the, a lot of that feels like noir to me and detective-y. 
and it seems like they wanted that in there, but they didn't want to make it look that way. So that's what I kind of felt like it was. It's not like dark. Uh, the the art and stuff. Mm-hmm. The subject matter's dark. Yeah. Uh, and the art gets crazy. Mm-hmm. But it's not like. It's not like Batman. Yeah, it's not overly dark setting or anything like that. Mm-hmm. No, a lot of it's really super bright. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, even the hunger when it's depicted like it's really, really spreading, it's like bright yellow and green. Uh-huh. Like mm-hmm. how it's depicted as erupting from that church after it like takes out the uh, the priest, or, or maybe that's just John's dream. But it's it's like I don't know, like almost lime green. Mm-hmm. The oh, that was a weird segment too, because yeah, w- was it his dream? Because it shifts the narration shifts and it does this maybe a couple times but the the narration shifts away from john and it's like i'm not sure if it was going with like omnipresent like narration or if it was like narration from the point of view of this cursed creature this Uh, you might might be right it referenced some things that had already happened like the priest being crushed under the cross and they had done the whole bit where i think they were talking about it on the radio where the guy is just basically eating his own comics and it's funny Uh because it's got like a a, he's grabbing for an issue of the watchman Uh you can see like just a piece of the smiley face yeah i thought that was interesting um the priest was gonna look like he was about to eat the the cross Mm. he's hungry and the way they, yeah, that's interesting. I wonder, yeah, anyway. I know I know. Swamp Thing ran into issues with, like, even after they got, they, like, bucked the comic code. I know Swamp Thing ran into issues with religious imagery mm-hmm. at one point. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a famous Swamp Thing issue that was never released be- about Swamp Thing going back in time and being at the crucifixion or something. Um, oh, wow. So I thought it was interesting that, the end of that issue almost like alludes to the priest trying to eat this big carved statue of a crucified Jesus, but like made a point to cut the issue before he tries to actually gnaw on it. And I was wondering oh, yeah. if that's like a, I don't know if that's something they would have gotten trouble. So they're like, well, we'll just allude to him eating the statue or eating the crucifix. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I kept Me wondering look- like, how did Alan Moore respond to this? I mean, which is kind of a tangent, but mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, there's this storied history between DC Comics and Alan Moore and what they do with his creations. Yeah, because I mean, you know, he created Constantine and this is, like we said, clearly kind of in his style a little bit. It's definitely not his voice, mm-hmm. but it's no. it's it's working in his the world he set up with Swamp Thing. But, I mean, I think this was going on at the same time, right? Because there's a couple issues of Swamp Thing. Do those tie in or is this after? Those those are post-Alan Moore, though. Because I did oh, look Oh, wow. You're right. You're right. It's like, I could be wrong, Steve Bissett stuff or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know when Moore's big, huge. I don't know if there was ever one big falling out. But I don't know when his the big falling out happened with DC. But well, what did you guys think of this story? Did you like it? I thought it was good. I like it points out in there the you know it was born from the the desire or the hunger or whatever of of some starving star- African children. Yeah, yeah, starving African kids and and then when it gets to America and it's like this is a like a whole new feast for me, you know, of all these different um, the desires and and addictions and whatnot. 
like comic books. I don't know why they had ended up eating everything, but you know. Yeah, it's it's um yeah, exactly, because with the with the the African tribes and stuff that we were starving for food, it was it was feeding on very much that basic like desire for food. Mm-hmm. But then yeah, he got over here and it was like I say he, it, I guess. It got over here and it's like these people like desire exquisitely strange things like uh there's one guy that was like a bodybuilder or something Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and then yeah the comic book collector guy who had rare comics that was obviously what his desire was and one guy was eating gemstones like it's Mm -hmm. you know whatever they and the the bodybuilder even like eats his own fist or arm or Uh whatever like he's just lifting weights lifting weights lifting weights eat my own hand (laughs) yeah Yeah. oh yeah and well and the and the priest like goes after the the cross the cross so it's what they most want mm-hmm. drives them, you know, towards raven- ravenously trying to consume that. Yeah. Uh, I did like the opening with the guy trying to eat all this food, eat all this food in the restaurant. And he like tries to take a chomp out of that lady's leg. Uh-huh. And, and and as he's eating, he's just, he's just dropping weight. Mm-hmm. So. Just wasting away. Yeah. That, that part reminded me of thinner. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, you know, again, it's a kind of a social commentary or something yeah there's definitely that commentary on um you know the decadence of the west yeah yeah uh i don't know i hesitate to mention it mm. i get i because i asked you about this earlier melanie and you, you didn't seem to mind but maybe it's the internet making me overly cautious i get nervous about voodoo stuff in used in horror anymore and you don't see it a whole lot but some of the imagery commonly used seems racist yeah well not necessarily it's it's only racist if you assume that everyone that practices voodoo is of a certain race because that's not necessarily the case but everyone we see practice voodoo and this is of a certain race no they're not all he's got manservants that aren't that are white i didn't sure i think all the manservants were black are you sure but they were zombies that made me real nervous but they were zombies. They were dead oh, people. I thought there was Although they looked very much alive. Or maybe that was from another story. I don't know. I mean, I can cut all this if need be. I just, I mean, is there like a. Well, I, I you know, I think, I think you're onto something. I mean, like. Is, is there consensus there to this? There needs to be, I, I think there needs to be like, um, yeah, it, it is a trope, you know, it's a, it, it's going to be a really wild left turn. Um the same thing happens in uh, Grace American Hero. They have a whole episode about voodoo, and it's the same thing. You know, it's like the it's the same kind of character that is that is kind of bringing the scare of voodoo into the story. You know, it's the same kind of uh, image of a guy in a top hat. You know, yeah. Uh, now I believe that this character is a pretty big deal just in general. Um, he even makes a an appearance in the. Uh, the Constantine movie, I believe. He does. But he's he's got more of like a neutral role, like he's the he's kind of the in between between light and dark, if I'm not mistaken. Like everybody's welcome here, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just because he whereas has a club. here, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you own a club, you're, you're you a don't cool want, guy. You, um, you don't want you don't want nothing going on there. So even if he isn't necessarily a good guy, he's going to make it so that there's no fighting here, regardless. And that, you know, like that seems like a, a twist that they added to the movie where they made him more neutral. Mm-hmm. In this, he does seem a little bit more 
Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Negative, you know, like, he's like a, there's he's some a shady crime stuff boss. going on there. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Quote unquote zombies beating each other to death in, with bats in an arena mm-hmm. downstairs. I now I liked his character. I thought his character seemed fine and creepy too. I mean, like uh-huh. legit creepy, and he's a guy you don't want to mess with, you know. And it's kind of what I like about uh, that's one thing I do kind of like about this as a, a a Constantine book is that there are no heroes anywhere in this. Mm-mm. Like Constantine's not a hero. He's doing a good thing, but he needs to recruit the help of this like kind of horrible crime boss because he knows the crime boss isn't going to want this this bad demon stuff going down. It's going to hurt his business. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that resolve the issue is Constantine and this crime boss. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that. He was really he was this he was much more the same character in the TV series. And same thing. He's one of the more interesting characters in that TV series because he's played pretty much the way he is in this comic, you know, where he's talking to the skull. And I mean, he's just creepy. Mm-hmm. I think my my concern about my issue of racial sensitivity in this is more about some of the imagery because there's the way some of the characters are drawn, especially like when he goes to Africa mm-hmm. reminds me of like the old pulp comics where it's like scary head shrinkers and voodoo and this and that. And it's like uh, some of that artwork was not in this, but in that, like some of that imagery in that artwork is very much kind of a kind of racist caricatures I can't say that and I don't know some of the imagery in here kind of struck me like that but it never really dove super heavy into it Mm -hmm. so I didn't know if that was a thing I think the tough part is that uh, like if you look at the character as a whole he's not always he's not always done up like that you know like when we first meet him he's just like in a blue uh, like a blue, I don't know, Italian suit kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Just hanging out in his penthouse apartment, talking to a skull. But, you know, I mean, like he's he's a pretty swanky guy. And then later on, when he's ready to do uh, kind of the ritualistic side of things, then we see him in more of that, like what we're used to, the, the almost a trope kind of garb. So I don't know if that's more ceremonial. <laughs> he So he had this like, yeah, it's like... A- kind of tribal type uh stuff on like um yeah but still like a with a skirt and <laughs> yeah like a grass yeah. skirt but still with like a business suit jacket mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. on and i was like what what is that like his like his costume yeah <laughs> i don't know maybe i shouldn't even mention it but you know it just made me think of like like i said the early and in early movies too but what comes to mind is like early horror comics artwork of like you know voodoo and headhunters from the deep dark regions of the, yeah the deep dark regions of africa and like just used as this like horror imagery and it's like those are just africans man mm-hmm. and and i know a lot of that stuff does not come across well now mm-hmm. and some of the artwork in this kind of just reminded me of that style of that genre of horror mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, I, I think the diff. I think the difference between that and this is that this character totally owns it. Like he's yeah. the kingpin mm-hmm. of this, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas in that, it's just like, okay, this is what's hap- This is what happens in the weird places. You yeah, know? like that's. I think that's where it gets racist, where it's like demeaning. But uh-huh. this guy, he owns it. 
He is like the king of it. He's in a better place than Constantine, that's for sure. Uh, No, yeah, he's like a cool character. Like, I mean, he's a bad dude. He doesn't do good things. It's not like, hey, he's cool. I want to be him. But he's a cool character. He's super well put together. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, he's like better off than anyone else in this whole, in this story. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, he's not a. He's not a victim at all. No, no. Um, That poor guy. The friend? Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, I don't know. From the backstory a little bit, he became, he, he got his addiction trying to cope with things that he had seen and done with John Constantine. Oh, I, I think mm-hmm. I missed that. I didn't even yeah. catch on to that. Well, uh, that's where the backstory kind of ties in because I think that's where Emma and all this, I think they all witnessed the same thing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. But yeah, Lester. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's basically just another one of the victims of Constantine. Of Constantine, yeah. <laughs> and, he, and it makes it so much more tragic the way that Constantine finally deals with it, you know? I mean, like... Mm-hmm. Ooh, Ugh. it's bad. It's bad, too. And, I mean, Constantine so spoilers. Has, <laughs> he has a constant, a conscience. It literally haunts him. Yeah. These people that have died helping him out. Or he's been directly responsible for yeah. them dying. I, I, I enjoyed this first story. And getting into the second story was almost a little bit of a jolt because it's a it's not very different but it's handles it's got a very different tone because the first story is kind of heavy the second story is super political and satirical and quicker you know like way quicker i mean that's that's the thing reading this as a trade it's hard to tell like how many issues each story actually takes but I could I could see this take I mean this obviously took at least two issues, mm-hmm. whereas this this last story you know that we're going to talk about maybe was contained in a single issue. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it was. Uh, it seemed like it was. The first story was two issues. This one was one issue. The, like I said, you got you got a bang for you got bang for your buck or buck twenty five or fifty cents, whatever it was at that point in time, because I had read a big chunk of this. Well, not a big chunk, obviously, but I had read a chunk and I was like, well, maybe I should look up, see how many issued is, issues it was. We can break up the book into different session, different uh, episodes. And I was like, that's got to be, though, like six issues I read. Three, three issues. And I was like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, you're looking at. It's uh, it's 94 pages. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a pretty good, pretty good chunk of comic book mm-hmm. per issue, you know. Yeah, because I think we've read, um, what do you call them? Like book ones that were... Shorter than what we've read for this... <laughs> oh, for sure. First third or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, the moral of the first storyline is... Don't be friends with John Constantine. Don't be a story with John Constantine. <laughs> he'll feel bad about <laughs> no. it, but ultimately he will screw you over. He'll... he'll I mean, he's doing it. He does do it for... The good to, of humanity, but... But... But don't let humanity get in trouble or you're... Sac- you're a sacrifice he's willing to make. Exactly. And he'll lie to you right up to the last moment about mm-hmm. it. Which is a good story. It's that's it's a good story I think to establish his character. Mm-hmm. Like this is the that's the first storyline of the first Constantine mm-hmm. solo book. And in defense a little bit of of Constantine, there wouldn't have been an issue if if he would have left the original uh I, vessel alone. He's the one who got it out of that kid. Yeah, I mean, the junkie guy didn't have to do that. He right. could have just, like, went and found some more heroin or whatever instead yeah. of being like, all right, well, I'll get my kicks off of this thing 
which mm-hmm. will ultimately kill this kid and well and a bunch of people mm-hmm. yeah 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 i mean so. you can't not put some of the blame on the guy on lester but yeah. but of course he joins the throng of people that are gonna haunt uh-huh yeah. constantine but he's like sodom they're only bloody ghosts who needs them mm. yeah uh and the second storyline is all about election <laughs> day in late 1980s uh, and yuppies, UK and yuppies and the financial. Uh, it's basically how the financial, how, how the conservatives and financial markets are destroying the country and trotting on everyday people and demons and demons because they're all demons. The financial people. Well, not all the of them. The conservatives. They've yeah. just sold their souls to demons. Yeah. Come on. Or they're this very is- literally demons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them, a couple of them. Yeah, like a whole club of them. There, there were parts of this one where I was like, "Oh, I don't. This is so over the top. I don't know if I really like it." I, I do. The worst part, though, the worst part though is not. It's like it's so over the top, but it's so poignant. It's so like holy crap, uh, drawing on what's happening right now. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. you had got to it before I did, Jesse, and you sent me a picture of the comment about. Uh, this is Margaret Thatcher, right? Margaret. What, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Margaret Thatcher, Thatcher speech or speech about basically making Britain making great again. What was it making Britain great again? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. And I was just like, wow! Not yeah. only has nothing changed, it's only gone further down that path. Yeah, we have to help the the uh, job makers so that they can job creators. Help the oh rest yeah, of the community. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. Oh, yeah, sir. with our guidance, Britain will be great again, a nation of growth and opportunity, a symbol of strength. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, it's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. Private enterprise to flourish, to create wealth so that we can afford to take care of the sick and disadvantaged. Uh-huh. Ugh. Right. That's Instead what of ugh. taking care of the sick and disadvantaged so they can work and help make the country great. It, it uh, Oh, man. Yeah, I was I was surprised. I didn't expect, and I should have. Even modern Constantine that I've read, it hasn't gotten super far into it. But I think the first issue of if it's still going, the current like kind of rebirth period, um, Constantine starts with him leaving America, and this is before the election, mind you. Him leaving America mm. because a it was something along the lines of because a small small handed failed steak salesman kept circling the white oh, house and that's why he went oh, back no. to england that's and i was like awesome oh snap and but yeah then going back and reading this like it makes sense like yeah okay so that political commentary has been is a part of like it's constantine like kind of since standard. issue three yeah so that was interesting uh the writer he, i think he even said straight up he was living there you know he lived there at this time point in time and he was disgusted with it and he just wanted to write some stories about you know if this situation you know this is messed up yeah and so like he didn't hide it at all he's like yeah there's this is a political commentary duh like that's what i want to do so <laughs> uh well good on him because uh, it's relevant even mm-hmm. today that sounded like a very british comment good on him Good on you. <laughs> Good mate, on you, mate. Yeah. You get. <laughs> so sorry. Oh, sorry. boy. <laughs> gets. That's us. That's us. We don't know Only gets. That. We don't know gets. We don't know gets about Brits. 
Um, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say about the storyline. Just I guess they're just comment on on it itself. The the there's some parts where there's a couple scenes where it goes, especially the one scene where it goes to the demon yuppie into the demon yuppie's house. Like you know, we get a scene of them, and the narration is actually kind of from like their point of view. Mm-hmm. It's so over the top. Is talking about like about how the sun's shining through the fetus, the aborted fetal skin curtains. It's so crazy. Yeah, it is. And when he goes to that club, uh huh. And the the lamp has a tattoo. And I kind of like that. (laughs) Where like that's his first indication. Like, huh, something's wrong. Like I noticed the lampshade has a tattoo. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When you mentioned earlier, like he falls down the stairs, and and why? Why would he do that? But yeah, I don't. Like, it's I, interesting because it makes him kind of bumbling. Even him, like trying to sneak up on the, uh, on the house. You know, like he's checking it out and he's like whatever. But he's just not very stealthy at all. I guess maybe the stair thing's a step because he, maybe that's like a yeah. He's kind of bumbling, and also like that was his first clue that he should have picked up on, and he didn't. And is you know because he complained. He's like you get some. It's, pitch black in here or whatever you get some light in here and the guy says well most of our patrons prefer patrons prefer that or something like that mm-hmm. but or it's black as hell in here yeah yeah but yeah it, yeah it's interesting he's not he he messes he, he, he messes messes up a lot several times in the first story and i want to say this one he kind of just like barges into a situation that he's not prepared for at all mm-hmm. i think yeah i think that's part of his character I guess so. I just, I hadn't realized it really. Mm-hmm. He does. He just barges into these situations and then kind of deals. Well, but I think that that's in his line of work-ish. That's kind of how it goes. You don't really know what you're dealing with at first until you can get a good look at it. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm not strong enough to handle this by myself. I need to get the heck out of here. And, you know, recruit some people that hopefully don't die. Like a certain swamp god. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even swampy shows up and causes trouble for sometimes. Most yeah. times, but I mean, you know, in Swamp Thing, it's to his benefit. But even in the uh, the Charles Soul two thousand, uh, Charles Soul uh, New Fifty Two run, mm-hmm. Constantine kind of shows up and jacks Swamp Thing up a bit. And I don't remember to what end, but it's like, dude, you're just making it harder. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just being Constantine. Was he the one who gave somebody some seeds? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It had to do with the cedar or whatever they called him, which was the other guy who was uh, tried to challenge. Yeah, he was Woodrow-like in some kind of yeah. Oh, yeah. Floronic even. Yeah, he was some type Ooh. of Floronic type man. Oh, weird. That's that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Constantine. Poor Constantine. He's like, <laughs> even when you're talking about my book, you're still talking about Swamp Thing. Come on. And I know Swamp Thing <laughs> shows up in this at some point, but we oh, we didn't get there. But we will next month. So we will. yeah, we don't have to, we don't have to belabor, belabor the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed this. I'm looking forward to reading more. Actually, I'm you definitely can. going to pace, uh, get through it better, quicker, or I was to say start, like, set I, aside more time to read it this time. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we read more back when we were doing swamp studies, but like we knew what we were getting ourselves into, Whereas with this one, we jumped in and we were like, yeah, we'll do the full volume and then realize that the full volume is 300 pages. Well, I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, there's precedent for us having to break up a pull list because we did it with a, with uh, 
bring it marvel's bringing bring on the bad guys which was old school kind of wordy writing and it took a lot sure. to get through but yeah i think we've just gotten in the habit of like we've read a lot of modern newer stuff which like you can hold off on reading a trade till like the week or a couple days before it's time to record or right before or, or in some cases the day of which is and be able to blow <laughs> through it fine and it's fresh in your mind yeah with this no you got to start you got to you got to do it yeah i will advance. i will oh i'm not telling i'm telling some, me too at least some of it i, I was telling a hypothetical hypothetical you you know whatever yeah yeah but well we and it's inter- it's interesting because like uh we've got uh, Stranger Things 2, and by the time this episode airs, most everyone will probably already be done with it. In fact, as I say this, people are probably already done with it. Like, yeah. They've probably finished the series. So we'll and be able like, to talk about it without is... spoilers? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we won't get anything spoiled, but uh, like with this, you gotta you gotta digest it. It was not intended to be binged like like, oh, Stranger yeah, like, things. I see what you're saying. Yeah, but like Stranger oh. Things or... Like, or this even... was, you got a month, and then, oh, I'm going to think about this for a month. And then, mm-hmm. oh, I got another episode or issue, and now I'm going to think about this for a month. You know, like, you could probably read this same issue over and over. And I think back in that day, I probably would have. I probably would have read the same issue over and over. Our recording schedule is kind of what dictates dictates the fact that if we want to talk about something current, it's most likely going to be long after the, uh, the pulse is died down online. Like our defenders conversation just last month, you know, mm. mm-hmm. but I mean, even if we, it's hard to avoid, unless you watch it right away, especially something like stranger things or like a whole season that drops at once. Mm-hmm. I don't have the time to sit down and binge a whole season Within two days, let alone uh, a, a few weeks, spoilers for that happens quick. Or even if it's something like Game of Thrones, where if you're not watching it that night, like as it airs live, if you watch it on HBO uh, now later, mm-hmm. you have to beware spoilers. Like, yeah, the spoilers hit online so quick, mm-hmm. and it kind of sucks. Yeah, I know. But I guess that's just the nature of it. But if you listen to a show that. What like airs later and it's new to them when it's new to you wouldn't that make you like that show well i think and aside from the fact like i mean like a lot of times we're talking about comic books that have been out for decades you know at some point somebody's gonna be recently reading this or have recently watched this and mm-hmm. be like i kind of want to hear somebody talk about that and we're there but more than anything there's stuff we want to talk about so yeah i i i would like to be more fresh and current but sometimes but then again there's stuff that i'm just not interested in like i don't know we could we never discuss gotham because as far as i know none of us are watching it or not enough nope. of us are watching it. yeah <laughs> no and you know just because it's a new current thing doesn't necessarily mean we want to talk about it i guess we could be shills what's that or chills not right that's when you're like trying to sell something oh but i know that no, i don't know this link hipping with the kids well you can tell sometimes there's I'm not, I don't have any podcasts or any shows or YouTube videos in mind. Oh, there's a lot of, more so with YouTube videos. You could tell there's channels on YouTube that cover a bunch of stuff and they discuss a bunch of stuff. You could tell the people discussing it don't really care. They're not really that interested in whatever show it is, but they know Other people. it's hot. It's going to get views. 
they have to talk about it. And it's like... But sometimes, sometimes it's crap, but it made a lot of money. And you still have to talk about rich crap? Because that, why? Well, it's, it's because crap. that's what's... It depends, though. I mean, is it crap people are going to look up and want to listen to podcasts and watch YouTube videos? and Probably not, because it's crap. Well, then they're not going to talk about that crap. But it did good at the box office. If it did good, if it did good at the box office, though, there's a chance that people are going. They went to see it. They're going to want to watch a video about it later or so, something. To, so that everybody can hear them say it's crap. I don't understand this conversation, Melanie. Okay, I'm done. Um, we need no. to know where all the Easter eggs are. Well, and that's kind of the, oh yeah, the Easter egg things. That's kind of <laughs> you're not wrong though, Melanie. But that's kind of the thing. It's like when you're. There are people that do want to watch that crap if it did well. And it's like, I don't, especially if it's crap, just because it was super popular or super successful doesn't, I don't necessarily want to talk about it. The only time I can think of offhand that we did that was Suicide Squad, but that was something because of the DC stuff that we were all going to watch. Well, maybe you weren't, but we were going to watch anyway. So it was worth a conversation. And even that we didn't have till months after when the DVD came out. So yeah, he extended. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was something because we needed more dancing about. witch character. Yeah, but that's an interesting conversation to me, anyway. Even if it's something that's crap, we could talk about was it crap? What do we think of the reaction to this crap? Why was this crap successful? <laughs> so that's an inter- that's a conversation worth having, I think. Okay, let's move on to some letters page, unless we have more to say. I mean, we can. We, I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about more Constantine next month. So no, I think we're good. <laughs> So yeah, we'll continue this conversation. No, this is such a weird thing. Not next episode, but the episode after that mm-hmm. when we read more. But I've I've been on board. This has been a very weird everywhere conversation, but I've been on board with what we've read so far. Yeah, me too. I think I think that's what Constantine does. Takes us right? all over the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is Randy from in the future, and I have a very important message for you. The Grawlicks podcast is missing something. And that something is you. Join our letters page segment. If you have thoughts on what we're reading, what we just read, what we're about to read, what you're reading, or you just want to say hi, send us an email to letters at grawlixpodcast.com and we'll read and discuss your letter on the show. What, what the devil? What are you doing here? <laughs> hey folks, this is Randy from Further in the Future. And what my former self Neglected to mention is we also have a Google Voice line. You can call it, leave a message, and we will play that message on the next episode of the Grawlix Podcast. Try to keep it under two minutes. Whatever you want to talk to us about, talk to us about it. Ideally, something related to the show. Dial 559-426-6427, or if this helps you remember, 559-4-COMICS. Type that into your phone, you'll be connected to our voicemail. Leave us a message, and we will play it on the show. What? This is getting ridiculous. Get out of my way. Get out of my way. This is Randy from even further in the future. And what these two knuckleheads neglected to mention is if you'd rather send us an MP3 recording of yourself to play on the show, you can hit that email. Again, that's letters at grawlixpodcast.com with an MP3 attachment, and we'll play it during the show. Just try to keep your language clean and keep it under two minutes. Also, hey Bonehead, did you just shoot our younger self? Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's cool. Shouldn't we be doing the Marty McFly disappear from the picture act right now? No, it's fine, he, he was a time remnant. Oh, a time. 
That doesn't make sense. That do- a time remnant doesn't make sense. At some point, older Randy has to travel back to talk to younger Randy. But if older Randy kills younger Randy, younger Randy never gets to become older Randy and travel back in time. It's time travel, not cloning. We're not cloning and sending ourselves back. We're just time traveling. You don't know that. We could be operating on primer rules. In that case, there can only be one. Letters page. Like last episode, this is something that I don't think was intended to be on our letters page. But you know what? It was a question. It was directed at us. It's going in the letters page. Sekra underscore XP on Twitter. Oh, Sekra. Okay. She, she asked us because she, I'm assuming because, oh, because we talked about Constantine um, in episode, yes. okay, episode yeah. before last. Yeah, yeah. She asked, sorry, Sekra, if you didn't intend for this to be on letters page, guess what? You're here again. So if y'all don't like, sorry, it said y'all. I had to say it. Mm-hmm. If y'all don't like Keanu Reeves as Constantine, what about Matt Ryan, who was the... NBC Constantine, or now the CW. He's on both, yes. right? Yeah, and he's, he's going to be in season two animated. He dyes his hair. He does dye his hair. That bugs me. I mean, at least he, they try, but it's he's not blonde. No, you can tell. Yeah, that's that's my only uh, my only criticism. Beef. He, yeah, he's very obviously dyed his hair. Yeah, honestly, that's my main criticism too. And like I had, I replied to her and I said he's not quite as pretty as I envision a real life Constantine being. Cause I just, not that like I find his comic book character like attractive, but he looks like a handsome guy. And just from how other characters talk about him sometimes, I get the impression that he's like a super handsome guy. And not that this, what's his name? Matt Reeves or whatever. Isn't handsome, but he's, he's, he seems like he's uh, more ruggedly handsome. Yeah. He's and not. Constantine pr- would almost be feminine. Almost would, pretty boy handsome, right? Yeah. Like he's a good looking guy, but he's like kind of got soft features. Yeah. And totally. Matt Reeves does not. He has like very. Matt like Ryan. Cheek, Matt Ryan. My, Matt Ryan. That's his name. But he's got the, the cheek, <laughs> cheekbones are like there. He's got the kind of rugged facial structure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, his hair is not blonde. He's not a blonde and he's not girly enough. Normally I wouldn't get. Normally I wouldn't get all that like caught up on a adaptation of a character's hair color but there's two things i know about constantine it's that he smokes cigarettes and he has blonde hair yeah yeah (laughs) both (laughs) things that nbc got wrong yep (laughs) (laughs) Um, i don't you know i don't know who i would cast though that's the other problem is like i think matt ryan does an okay job overall it's but yeah i don't know who i'd cast otherwise I'd cast the guy that played Daenerys Targaryen's brother in uh, Game of Thrones. Really? With the long hair, the almost... Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. All right. I see what you're cooking. Okay. Yep. I think that NBC Constantine, Mm -hmm. or formerly NBC Constantine, I like his... I like his personality. Well, like his portrayal of personality, though, because he... Yeah, the other guy might be more unlikable. Yeah, he seems, I, I, I guess maybe he seems kind of trustworthy, which is not necessarily what you need in Constantine. But at the same time, I could see him being shady and doing some shady yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, I feel like what he was given, you know, I feel like he's handcuffed with what they wanted him to do. I feel like he did a really good job considering that they didn't let him smoke or anything else. You know, like mm-hmm. they, they. They were like, okay, we're going to let you do this in a sneaky way. You know, like, okay, you can 
allude to the fact that you were just smoking. Does he get to crush up a pack of cigarettes and throw it away all the time? <laughs> well, it's like, it's like it, it seems like he just flicks a cigarette away, like he's been on a smoking break, but mm-hmm. you don't actually see him smoking. At least thing. Uh, that's kind of a thing where their weird television's weird standards and practices have them hand tied. At least they kind of try to go with that workaround, mm-hmm. right? Are you haunted by shadow people in the middle of the night? Do you secretly love all things creepy and spooky, enjoying ghost stories and horror fiction from the best storytellers? Do you have a true ghost experience you want to share, but no one will believe you? If yes, listen to the professionals on What Are You Afraid of? Horror Paranormal Show Friday nights at 9 p.m. on ParaX Radio and at www.whatareyouafraidofpodcast.com. What What are are you afraid afraid of on on ParaX? Our creepy and demented hosts are on call to provide you with all your spooky needs with true ghost stories, interviews, indie music, and new horror fiction. We are ready ready to to scare scare you. you. Para X. This is Jesse. Just tell me how Mammon is crossing over and you can go back to your Grawlix. This has been Melanie. And, well, this has been real educational, but I don't believe in the Grawlix. This has been Randy. This is Constantine. John Constantine Grawlix. The Grawlix Podcast is a production of Electronic Media Collective and Vorpal Arrow Studios. For more Grawlix Podcasts, visit GrawlixPodcast.com, ElectronicMediaCollective.com, or look us up on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere else fine podcasts can be found. You can also give us a like on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And if you want to support the show, check out patreon.com slash Podcast. Man, there's a whole there's a whole footer widget that's not showing up. Come on, man. Alright, hold on. I have to consult Mother Brain. <laughs> which is apparently what I call the computer now. <laughs> Mother Brain? Yep. Dude. Captain in the game, master!